Is this my friend, Sandy? Is this you? It is me. <laughs> it, is, it is somebody else, actually. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> Sandy, thank you so much for finally doing this. This makes me so excited. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, Saray is a, a buzz band for some reason in this day and age. We're like, you know, it I, is? I, I don't get that. I, I have, really don't get that. And I don't know why. I have seen Saraya mentioned in the past five years more so than I think I remembered seeing. You know, there was actually there's actually a website, uh, a, a music forum um, uh, that's actually the, on the. Uh, uh, do you know who Steve Hoffman is? He's like a record producer. Um pretty famous sound yeah pretty famous guy but anyway he's got his own website but then he on his which is just a uh-huh. message board that people go to and you then they can start you know it's all music and people can start conversations right. and whatever and i think it was about five years ago someone started a thread about soraya and it went on for like two pages like people were like oh, oh i totally forgot funny. about this band oh that was a great you know what i mean and i'm like <laughs> Where the fuck is all this coming from? All like it's like I went from like not thinking about Soraya since '92, and then all of a sudden like I'm seeing the name more in the past, you know, and even in the past year or so, you know, like there's a Facebook fan page. I just for don't you. understand the um, like people. Somebody had referred to because I don't go on there and look at shit because to me it's creepy. Like because apparently <laughs> really people are looking for me. Where what happened to me? And someone called me the Eddie Cruiser of the freaking <laughs> <laughs> of 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 the uh, whatever '80s band or whatever. That's like amazing. Eddie Cruiser. What happened? I'm like, what the hell? What? That is so funny. Well, um, you know it. it I typically do not uh, delve into like talking about music at all. I'm I don't know what happened um, to make me feel like you know. Hey, I don't know. It's just it's something where I just like made that a part of my past as if I didn't like live it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's funny because people who um, who, who find out that that I used to sing or whatever like that. They're like shocked. They're like, you know, why? Why don't you ever talk about it? Why don't you ever, you know? And I'm like, I, I don't know. It's just not part of my life right now, you mm-hmm. know. And and uh, it makes me feel sad sometimes that I don't because, like, my kids, <laughs> like, I I still want my kids to see that side of me. They that's the one side they really haven't seen. I mean, sure they've seen videos and things like that, mm-hmm. but. I would love for them to like, I would love to go on some kind of like, you know, small tour and have them see me get up there and do my stuff. You know, I just, I would just love that. Uh, You know, and it's so cool that you're saying that about, about how, you know, and first off, I, 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 I'm, I'm flattered that you're actually taking the time to talk to me about this because, you know, that really does, it means a lot to me in the sense that, you know, uh, so I just turned 48 this year, and as uh-huh. you know, as we get older, you know, nostalgia kind of starts to play a bigger part in, you know, oh, just, yeah. in just our day-to-day, you know, like it's, it's it, you know, if I'm talking to a friend and, you know, we're just reminiscing or we're talking. So like my best friend I was telling you about in North Carolina, one of the things him and I like to do is we love to make playlists for each other on Spotify. Uh-huh. And one day I had this idea where I said, you know what? I was like, I want to make a playlist of all the hard rock and metal songs that I can remember that I uh-huh. absolutely loved during high school, like from 88 to like 92. And I right. was, I was digging. I'm talking like, you know, you know, shovel in the brain. You know what I mean? Just like I'm remembering <laughs> bands that I hadn't thought of in decades, you know, like Jet Boy and, you know, all these uh-huh. different, you, you know, you know, Tangier and, um, you know, bands like that. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, I was like, I loved that Soraya album, that first one. I just loved that. I mean, the second album. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, I liked the first one, but that second one, for some reason, made such an impact on me in 91 when it came out. And it had been so long since I'd listened. I Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you know, it had been so long since I listened to it because, you know, as you know, you know, you know 91, 90, 90, it was a big year for music. And 
you know, when you're young, you just don't keep up with it. You, you know, it's like, oh, my God, one band kind of replaces another, replaces another. And then, you, you know, you just kind of lose touch. But when right. I pulled up the When the Blackbird Sings and I was looking through the track list and the two songs that stood out to me the most that just hit me right when I saw them was like, I remember loving these songs. It was uh, uh, When You See Me Again and the title track. I love that. That's my fave. Yeah, that's my fave. And, I love that song. And the title track. And I was just like, oh, my God. And do you know that when those, album, those songs came on, I still knew every word to them, even though I hadn't heard them in probably 30 years, you know? So I was really compelled to want to talk to you and to at least be able to let you know that, like, you know, 30 years later, like that album still moves me and speaks volume to me. Oh, wow. That's, that's really nice to say. I mean, I, um, I, I don't listen and haven't listened to it. And, and so I think in the last maybe 20 years, I've listened to that album maybe three times. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even put it on. Um, but when I, I sit there and go, and, you know, not to sound cocky or anything, but I'm like, my God, those songs are so freaking, so well put together. I, I just, you know, I'm like, I wrote that, you know, or it's <laughs> so stupid, but I was like, shit, that was pretty freaking good, you know? I mean, and, um, and it's so funny because you said you've listened to it like three times in the last 20 years. Like, I've listened to it 20 times in like the last three months, okay. you know, which is like, you know, my buddy can actually see my, you know, if you listen to Spotify, you can actually see what people are listening to in their social queue on the side. And every every day uh -huh. he'd be like, really? Soraya again? Like, you're listening to that? <laughs> and I was like, yes! It's like, it's like, you know what? It makes me feel good. I just, I can't stop listening to it. But, you know, for you to look back right. on it and kind of think like, wow, like, you know, like, when you, when you did go back and listen to it, like, like mm -hmm. what kind of feeling did you get from it? And, and like at the, and maybe even at the time, did you even, did you realize that maybe that music was making an impact on people or that even like 30 no, years later? Absolutely that it would... not. Yeah, and you know what? And I am um, like, I do say I, I'm very bitter about um, the whole business end of the industry is mm -hmm. it just puts such a damper on everything for me because I had to like um, push against every stupid thing that they wanted me to do as an artist. They wanted me to dress a certain way. They wanted me to, you know, um, not have it portrayed as a band, but as a, you know, just me, the female artist, blah, blah, blah. And it was just a constant fight. That, that album cover, the first album cover, I won because I'm like, I don't want to be featured. I just want to blend in. I don't even care. And, and I remember Polygram saying, you know, you can't even tell you're a girl. I'm like, so what? <laughs> like, big fucking deal. I don't want to know. <laughs> exactly. You know? So um, I, I just said, if, if I go out there like that, I, I'm going to be every other chick-fronted band that we know just wants to like you know be gawked at and you know i i don't know it just didn't just didn't suit my style my style was i want to be in a rock band i don't want it to be um different just because i happen to be female and you know fronting the band i don't want it to be like that but you know because you know the um, funny thing is and, that, and it yeah. was that constant fight well, in the 90s, yeah, especially in the well, you know, late 80s going into the 90s and stuff, that, that seemed to be such a big thing that was kind of being pushed. You know, it was like the whole, you know, you, you know, sexy, beautiful girl in the front, blurred out band members in the back, you know. And, and you know, I'll be honest, like when I, you know, when I listened to music, you know, I, you know, I wasn't a cool kid at all, you know. And so... To me, everything was about the content, you know, like I could care less what the what I was looking at or what what was on the cover, right. what was being portrayed. And to me, like when I heard, you know, Soraya, to me, that was like, OK, this is 
this is great. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't even care. Matter of fact, I didn't even have the, I'd only seen the video for Love Has Taken Its Toll when I bought the second album uh-huh. and then went back and bought the first album. But like, again, it didn't resonate with me that to care what anybody looked like because the songs were so good, you know? So like, I didn't, wasn't like, oh my God, this is, she's so hot, but I couldn't tell you a single song. She's like, I knew every song because the quality of the music is what, to me, is what stuck out more than anything. And I remember reading about a lot of this, these issues that you, you, the struggles you had with the record company. Oh my gosh. And I think it's super sad. And then when they like sad. patted themselves on the back. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, I just think it's super sad because, in my opinion, like, you guys, I mean, when that second album came out, like, to me, that was every bit as good as, you know, Slave to the Grind, as the Tora Tora album, as the Dangerous Toys album. Like, I mean, to me, that album was, like, right up there to me. And I was like, but why didn't it happen? You know? And it, it, it kind of, it makes me sad, but pissed off at the same time, you know? Well, and I was in that unique kind of uh, place where um, if I wasn't fighting the the record company and, you know, about stuff, then I was having problems with the band members because then they would get upset that all the interviews, they wanted to talk to me. They didn't want to talk to them, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and I, I was always very adamant about bringing at least one other band member with me. Um, you know, to any radio interview because I did not want the push to be on me. It was just really hard. It it really, um, I think, led to me not enjoying what I did anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore because it was like, what the hell am I fighting here for? I just want to sing. I just want to sing. I want to get up there and I want to rock out and I just want to sing. I don't want. I don't want the the bullshit, you know, Uh and it turned into a freaking bloody nightmare. It was just like everywhere I turned, people were pissed off at me for something. So I was just, it was getting to where I was just getting very disenchanted. And I think that's why um, ultimately I just dropped out. I mean, I, Uh I did nothing. I dropped off the face of the earth and I was very happy and content about it, you know? Nobody knew what I was doing, where I was, uh-huh. you know, anything. And I kept it that way for till now. You know, I uh-huh. I still um, don't really talk to anybody. Uh-huh. Um, and I've had people over the years um, and, you know, still people who are out there, people who did interviews on me like from years back, um, somehow getting, you know, some contact number or whatever and, hitting me up on social media, you know, can we talk? Can we do an interview? Can we do that? So, and I very rare, I mean, you are like uh, one in, I don't know how many where I, I just don't talk. I don't talk about it. I don't talk to people about it because it, it makes me, um, it makes me upset, you know, just to think about all the stuff that went wrong, you know? Like I love that you know you 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 did that with me and I appreciate that so much and I've really enjoyed you know talking to you and whatnot as we kind of move forward. I think one of the things I really was hoping to do with this interview too was to make it conversive mm-hmm. with you, like we've been, you know, and you know this like you know mm-hmm. I, I I don't dig for dirt, you know, like I don't care about that stuff, but like the things that I do care about is like wanting to get to know a little more about you and like where you came from and like what happened to, to, to you know, what was that spark that, it, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, like things that I love to ask artists, you know, like for instance, you know, like, you know, like one of the things I always wanted to ask you was like, okay, so going back to a young Sandy's array, right? Like mm-hmm. at what point did you just say like, I want to be a friggin' rock star. Like that, that's what I want to do. Like, you know, Aww. Yeah. I used to have a basement back east. I mean, here there's no basement. And, like, so when I hear basement, it's very nostalgic for me. Because I remember mine had, like, you know, the, the stupid paneling, the wood paneling and everything. <laughs> I used to go to my basement, and I'll never forget, we had this one little, uh, like, mirror. And I would sit in front of it with my um, record player. And I would just sing and sing and sing. And I remember thinking... One day I'm going to sing for like a bunch of people and I'm going to be 
like really, really, really famous. And I was like, I was nine years old. Oh, but I was listening to like I was listening to Barry White, like <sighs> Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to so much stuff, like different kinds of music. My mom, she was like, "You can't listen to Barry White. He says some terrible things." Like, I remember. Um, my dad walking in when Barry White said something like, take off your brassiere, my dear. Uh-huh. Something like that. <laughs> and my dad took the record. He's like, you'll not be listening to that. <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. Oh, oh my God. God. But I used to love, I used to love his voice. I just loved his, that big bass teddy bear of a voice that he had, you know? And like, no matter how you can draw, you want to, it's like, you just can't ever, it, like that it was such a natural. I just thought it was so badass and so cool, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, there's not, I, I don't see many like, um, chicks out there that like d- are doing it the way I envisioned it. And the only one who like did it for me was Chrissy Hines. Uh, um, yeah, from the Pretenders, yeah. Patty Smith, mm. you know, um, you know, people who are not like they weren't in it for for the uh, that that image thing. They were in it because they wanted to express themselves, and the only way they knew how to do it was through um, music, you know. And that that was totally me. I grew up um, with a with um, a brother who was listening to metal, I think, before anybody knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what was he listening to? So, like, uh, gosh, well, Priest and um, he didn't like, I remember he loathed Iron Maiden. He thought they were like, you know, they had maybe one or two good songs that he thought they were totally overrated. But like, um, he he introduced me to all of those. Bands. But the, the, the band that did it for me was Priest. I loved Judas Priest, and I remember going to high school, um, and nobody knew who that was. I, I grew up in a high school where everyone was into The Grateful Dead and Bruce Springsteen, uh-huh. and so when I would go with Judas Priest shirts, my Scorpion shirts, my you know all these bands, and nobody knew who they were, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, my God, you have to you have to listen to this. You have to um, listen to Saints in Hell is one of my favorite songs ever. That's um, such a good song. <laughs> have you you know that song, right? Yes, yes. Oh, God, I mean, Halford is amazing. He is amazing. Um, do you remember the Plasmatics? I thought she was freaking out of her rocker, but she was. I do. Was that was so uh, cool. was it? Wendy Williams. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Saints in Hell. Yeah. That that was a. Uh, uh, was that was that stained glass that that was off of? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I love that because basically you were pulling from influences that were pretty early, you know, in the hard rock metal I, thing. I just love that kind of music, and so um, one of the things that put me off is when I got into the. This is why I, I don't really like the first album. I like the songs, and I like some of the songwriting, but. Um, they, I, I don't think they, they really liked. Um, I had a little bit of a rasp, not, not where it was overbearing or you know, uh, but I had a little bit of a rasp in my voice, and I don't think they liked it. So they like the album is so slick on the vocals; it makes me puke. I can't listen to it too much because it makes me puke because I hated it. I freaking hated that gloss over. And then when they would cut back on it, like songs like "Get You Ready" when. Um, they would cut back on the on the effect, and um, uh-huh. the end of Gypsy Child when they let me just like I was like just let me go just let me you know and don't slick it out too much and um, so there's a couple of songs where I'm like very very happy um, on that album but for the most part I can't listen to it, it the the production makes me ill I can't listen to it I want to throw up. When you have a vision in your mind of how a song is going to be projected and then you're projecting it, but then all of a sudden you're not hearing it the way that it's almost like, you know, it's almost like you've handed someone a piece of art and they send it back to you colored and like added to. And you're like, no, I just wanted this. I just wanted this. You know, you you hit the nail right on the head. I'm like, what is this piece of shit? (laughs) What, What is this? 
There's some songs where the slick, you know, kind of works. Like, I love the way Drop the Bomb came out, you know, especially mm-hmm. at the end when they're like, oh, they totally have super effect on my vocal and everything. I think I, I was, how is anyone going to think I know how to sing if you're doing, uh, putting all this shit on my, you know, vocals? I'm like, so that's why I loved performing live. And, um, cause I would love going out there and, and seeing people write about me. Oh, this, this chick can actually sing. She can, she can actually like <laughs> sing the songs like they sound on the record, you know? So, um, 30, 30 plus years after going back, you know, and I've revisited the debut album too. So I feel the same way that you did. Uh-huh. Is that like in comparison to the second album, I felt like the debut, I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow, this is a little, like, I wish that they would have just let them just like out the gates you know what i mean right but, but there were right. there were right. some songs like i said and like in my opinion you know and hopefully you, know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't hit me for this <laughs> but like you know like you know you know like running out of time like to me that was so powerful and like that you had that that rasp and you had that thing but i'm also a big you know rainbow fan and like glenn hughes yeah. david coverdale kind of say, thing i was gonna say all the freaking Deep Purple Rainbow fans love that freaking song. I because it's badass. Hate Rainbow. <laughs> I fucking hate Rainbow. We cannot be I friends. Fucking hate. I, know. <laughs> um, I just you know not my deal. The Hammond organ. I want to barf. I can't. I, I can't. You know. <laughs> I can't. That wasn't me at all. I, I just had an edgier. That's why I love the second album because they kind of like were like, okay, why don't you give us an idea of what you know you like to do? And and me and Tony really had um, a connection where you know we really we really came together on that on that record. You know, as far as agreeing on on a a style on you know. I don't know. I just, I, I love that. I love that record. I love the second album. The first one, like I said, there's, there's a few songs in there that I, um, I really like, but overall, I, very hard for me to listen to it. Like I'm almost embarrassed, you know, like, Oh God, don't talk about that record, please. You know? And then other people are like, no, that, are you kidding me? That, that album means this to me. And that's me. I'm like, well, I'm, and I'm happy it does, but I can't listen to it, you know? <laughs> you know, even as a musician myself, you know, like, I've, you know, I'd been, uh-huh. I've been playing music for, you know, 30 years or so. And uh, I had a band that mm-hmm. just split up here in Atlanta. And there was this right. one particular song that I dreaded playing all the time. I hated it. Like, and it was one that I wrote. I'm like, I don't like this song. Right. And the band was like, the band was like, oh, but it's fun. Let's play. Ended up being one of the more popular songs with the audiences that would yeah. see us. I'd be like, of all the fucking songs, that's the one. Like, that's the one you want to yeah. hear. Like, what about this yeah. one? This one's way better. You know. I don't want you to get me wrong. I I love the songs. I do, for the most part, mm-hmm. love almost every song in that album. But I the production killed it for me it killed it 
And that's why I was like, um, you know, and I love Jeff, Jeff Glixman's work, you know, with Kansas. It was so much more raw than how, you know, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Maybe he was just trying to like, you know, let's go for something completely opposite of what he was used to doing or whatever. But I just, I, I, nothing like what I envisioned for, um, for the first for the first album when i listen to that album like to me it sounds more class uh, like song wise you know and even with the second one it, it's, uh-huh. it does sound a little more classic than it was for its time and so in my mind uh-huh. i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong that it's almost like you had this idea that okay this could be a raw warm kind of organic sounding record but yet somebody has taken mm-hmm. it and tried to make it sound like 1989 or like 1990 yeah, you know absolutely you absolutely hit that right on the head because mm-hmm. that that's what it felt like. so disappointing you you worked on these songs for years when you put your first one out for years and you have a, an idea of what it is going to sound like and then you know you're just coming in it's your first album you really have no pull mm-hmm. when it comes to hey you know the rest company saying to you you're going to do it our way this is who who's going to produce and this is what he wants and you know and although um i i kind of just when i i did i'm guilty because i kind of just went along because i'm like okay i'm not gonna you know uh, be be a pain in the ass and just you know be a stick in the mud and just mm-hmm. fight against every little you know but God, I wish I would have just stood up for myself just a little bit more and said, you know, I, I, I want something more raw than, than this. This is completely too slicked out. I just, mm-hmm. and it worked, it worked on certain songs. It worked and I was okay. But, um, other songs I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can't listen. I can't It's like nails on a chalkboard. I can't, can't <laughs> listen to it. The second album I could listen to all day long, you know? All day long. Would you say that when the Blackbird sings, the re- the end result was more of what you envisioned? This first album did so much better because we totally, you know, not did a 180, but we totally, you know, made it not like the first one. And, you know, we should have kept this to the same formula. I'm like, but I, I can't do, I can't do that again. I won't do it again. I, I was very much more well represented on the second album as far as stylistically and what I envisioned for the band. Mm-hmm. Um, I love piano. I don't like Hammond organ. Never have, and I never will. <laughs> and <laughs> and when those songs that have that Hammond on there, I would be like, I'd be like, oh my god, you know. Like, Please. I'm gonna send you. But, I'm gonna um, send you an album of nothing but Hammond organ songs. <laughs> yeah, my son the other day, he's like, "Hey, mom, you know," <laughs> and like about the Hammond. I'm like, "Don't, don't even, don't even talk to me about that." I'm That's not so funny. He's like, "But you have it all over the your first album." I'm like, "Don't talk to me about it. Don't." Greg played the shit out of that Hammond. So wonder. I mean, oh yeah, great if you're freaking Deep Purple. Great if you're Glenn Hughes, and mm-hmm. you know, but it just it wasn't my deal. It just wasn't my thing, you know. Um, but you know, it did well, and I'm I'm. I'm sorry that we didn't go a third, fourth, fifth album, but things got, I just got so disenchanted with the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I saw like all these other female fronted bands that were like, um, just going up the charts and stuff. And I'm like, and, and their, their songs weren't really anything. It's just, it's just like, you know, they were just doing, um, it was just like more image kind of stuff that was getting them the, the, where they were. And I just wasn't about that. I wasn't playing that. I mean, but there's nothing wrong with those, the, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting them down, but that, that was just a different, their aim was so much more different than where I was in, in my head, you know, as far right. as music went. 
I, 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 I wasn't about the whole package and they were, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where I got a lot of, um, you know, where the record company was very frustrated with me was because I just was not about the whole thing, you know, the whole, um, rock and roll star thing. I was just more into just the, the music, you know, and maybe that's why like too, I just decided, Hey, I, I'm not, um, I can't be what they want me to be. And, and so if I can't play that game, I might as well not play at all, you know? And, um, because I enjoy singing wherever, you know, it doesn't have to be in front of a bajillion people or, Uh or it doesn't have to be in front of anybody at all. I enjoy music. I enjoy uh, singing and it doesn't have to be for anybody. Um, so I just I just couldn't play their their games. I couldn't uh-huh. do I just couldn't do it. It disgusted me. You know, it's a shame because I'm I'm sure I'm not the only. I mean, not I'm sure I'm one of many that you know we just got squelched by by the powers that be because we didn't want to do it the way they typically do it. You know, right. I remember a record company exec telling me, you know, um, we have, uh, we think on your album cover, you should wear a see-through, like this plastic (laughs) see-through. I think, I think they finally got away with it with the chick from Missing Persons. That's how they wanted to dress me. Oh, you're kidding me. uh, Oh my God. Yeah, it was like, it was like that. And uh, they finally got their way with her, with Dale, because I was just like, no. I I really don't want people to. And the funny thing is, um, I would I would read interviews where people people were saying how oh man she's so sexy she's so and I would laugh I'm like wow I mean that's really nice to say when really I'm going out there in a t-shirt and and jeans that they think that you know that that's sexy okay that's fine you know because <laughs> then you're like I didn't even have to try great okay cool you know. <laughs> That's cool. That still comes through with that. Okay, that's fine. I don't know if, if it was you I texted or, but that one guy Paul, I think it was Paul Suter, who um, interviewed me or was it Malcolm Dome? I can't remember now. But they wrote um, one of the last lines in their in their piece. They said, uh, "Sandy Soraya, um, the guys all love her." But the difference with her is their girlfriends love her, too. And I thought, I remember, yeah, wow. you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I remember in that sentence, I was like, that he totally got me. That guy totally got me. And, um, you know, it was, it, because obviously it was never about that. It was always about, do you like my music? Do, do you like, do you you know, get a charge when you see our band up there and not because you're seeing some, you know, chicks flaunting her way across the stage or anything, but just because of the energy that's up there and the songs and the music and the, you know, that's, that's what I, I really envisioned for the band. And then when that didn't pan out and they started, you know, trying to push me in a certain direction, I just was like, man, I got disenchanted. Yeah, I know you guys toured pretty good, pretty well for like the first album. Like you guys mm-hmm. did some good tours. Um, mm-hmm. Coming from being on the road for that first album, did that kind of or even at all steer you towards the material that was going to be on When the Blackbird Sings at all? Like were you guys writing it or, or like yeah, some of that influence come from the definitely. road? Okay. Well, Definitely performing those songs. And it's funny, you're making me think about it now. It's like, it's not that I didn't like the first album because when we performed those songs live, I did love, I did like uh, doing Running Out of Time, actually, mm-hmm. you know? Um, probably because I, you know, I couldn't hear the Hammond. <laughs> my monitors were so loud. Um, but, yeah, um, so I wanted... <clears throat> songs and I wanted the second record to embody the 
the feel of the music that we did on stage. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking a little more about the um, about the second album? Because there were some questions I wanted to ask about some of the songs going into the album that to yeah, me, because the songs Shoot. just, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, you had toured, you know, pretty heavily for that first album and took some of those experiences with you. But now going into When the Blackbird Sings, like the songs uh-huh. kind of embodied a, a, a darker... Like it still maintained this incredible melodic sensibility that was so fun and so catchy, but like there was some darkness mm-hmm. to it that I really liked, you know. So, like, so like the first song, Queen of Sheba. What was the story behind that? Um, just that I just felt like wow, and and because I had experienced it um, in the music industry, it's like if you if you sell sex or if you give it up then, you know, you are able to, you know, get to from point A to point B to wherever, you know, mm-hmm. I, it opens doors for you. You can use your sexuality and your everything to open doors for you as, you know, and almost like, you know, gosh, I'm trying to remember the lyrics to that song, but I, I just remember thinking, you know, this is how women have done it for, for since the beginning of time and but sooner or later there's going to be ramifications i think in that song i tried to say you know um basically that that she will she will win in the end you know somehow some way that person's going to get stung you know Mm -hmm. and um it's just about you know overcoming that around me people doing playing it that way you know right and, right and it, it bothered me it just it just it bothered me well yeah because because there were so many different lines in that song to me that, that that were just powerful that stuck out to me and like one of the ones that uh, she learned fast and she learned young not to give her foolish heart to anyone you know and mm-hmm. i was i just remember thinking like god that's so you know, like it's dark, but what it almost kind of sounds like is like, like whoever this character was in the song knew mm-hmm. what she was doing while other people might not have been clued into the fact that she knew what she was doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just think it was just about, hey, you know, you want to you want to play, you know, you're going to pay somehow it's going to be where, you know. When, when a woman's forced to use those devices to, you know, because there's no other recourse, then I think there's, there's some price that's going to be paid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, or I wanted it to be anyway, you know? <laughs> right, right. Well, no, I mean, that totally, yeah. I mean, I feel like you, you nailed it because that's kind of what I was assuming, you know, but I do love the fact that, like you said, that like some of it, you know, that while it could have been an observation, that some of it was also maybe even based around, uh, like, I don't know, people's expectations of what they thought you should be doing. Probably, probably at the time. There's some things about me that, that are very, I will probably always struggle with and that's like my potty jersey mouth you know um but i i i never really had a potty mouth until i i um got into the music business because i used that as a weapon to so that so that like i would put people off you know like i don't like who is this trash mouth you know i didn't want (laughs) i didn't want anyone to think i was nice and sweet because I just felt vulnerable. So I just put out this thing where I was this tough, 
this tough chick that you, you, you don't, you don't want to get to know me. You don't want to date me. You don't want to like nothing. Just stay away from me. Trust me. You don't want to get to know me. Uh. Um, and, and I did that on purpose. And then, and then that like stuck with me. It just stuck with me. Right. Um, and, but first of all, I mean, I fought so hard to get signed in the first place mm-hmm. and not have to like spread my legs to do it. No, No, but it's so true, right? Yeah, it is true. And it was true back then. Um, Like I um, people ask me all the time, what took you so long? You were like, well, how old were you when the um, first album came out? And I was like, I think it was like I I got signed when I was 25, 26. Right. You know, and they're like, wow, what took you so long? I'm like, because cause I kept my legs crossed. That's why. <laughs> you know, I, um, I freaking, <laughs> my boys, the, the guys in my bed, they protected me. They really did. Mm-hmm. They like, they were my, and, um, but because so many doors opened for me, once we got the record deal, like everybody, all of a sudden, everybody wanted to do everything for me. They wanted to buy me this, buy me that. They got me a brand new tour bus. They got, I mean, everything was being thrown in my face, everything. Right. Um, and then, um, after the first video, um, I sat there and I was like, um, I've gotten everything I've ever really wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the, what I thought was the guy of my dreams. And Mm -hmm. then I had the, you know, the band of my dreams. I had the record deal of my dreams. I had everything came together for me and everything I said I was going to do. It happened. Like everything I I put my mind to and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have that. It happened. And I was like, and I had money. Oh my gosh. So much money being thrown in my face. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for me, that wasn't, like a big deal. So I'm like, am I supposed to be feeling like, you know, like I'm on top of the world right now? Cause I don't, you know, on, on when the blackbird sings is that there Mm -hmm. seems to be a kind of a theme at some point of, you know, of kind of like, it's like recurring, recurring loss of some sorts, you know, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we had like Bring Back the Light, which I thought was, yeah, it's an incredible song. It was a little dark, you know, and it, but, it, and to me, it sounds yeah. like the perspective of someone feeling some way, some, some way abandoned or the other way around, you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and yeah. then even something like, you know, like, uh, you know, when you see me again, like my little note behind that one that says, y- you'll be reminded what you had the next time you see me and you'll feel like a fucking tool for losing it. Like, that was my note yeah. next to that song, you know? Yeah, no, that one was definitely, I've never, ever said this before, but that was definitely, definitely about my, um, the boyfriend who I thought I was going to marry. And, but you know what? We wound up being friends over it all. He wound up marrying his best friend Uh and, uh, whatever. And, and he actually like, but you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, you know. I didn't want to say you should have taken me back you know, when I went looking for you. <laughs> you would have been like, look, the ball came back to you, dude, and you totally just didn't but, catch it, you know? I know. But then, but then if he didn't, if he would have taken me back, I wouldn't have written one of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> so. And that, see, and I love that because again, again, the power, the, the, the power of music, the power of like, mm-hmm. l- like the inspiration of life that goes into music. You know, these are the things that mm-hmm. like, I'm so happy to be able to share with you how like so many of these songs mm-hmm. kind of, you know, hit me because, you know, you know, so it's so like we were talking about like, kind of like this kind of like the theme, this theme of loss, you know, but then there was some right, really right. some some, you know, like when the blackbird sings, it's, yeah. you know, it's dark. It almost sounds kind that's of about, angry. That's about the re- that's totally about the record company. That is I was totally just going to say, because my no- my yeah. note next to it says not as optimistic and subtle as the other songs, but it's probably my favorite uh-huh. Soraya song. Yeah, I love I love that song, and I don't I loved it because um, I 
I um, I was trying to do what Plant would do with Jimmy Page and like um, sing the melodies of what the guitar was playing. That's so and funny. And I would sing them just like Plant would do, and that's what I tried to do in that song because I I love Robert Plant. And, um, yeah, I would, whatever Tony would sing, I would mimic vocally, you know, and I remember that's why I love that song. So my note next to it after that says definitely a Led Zeppelin moment. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. See? but You know my shit. You know the way I work. <laughs> well, I mean, because, again, kind of kind of to kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit about what you said, like, you know. You know, to me, this album, I got more of a picture of uh-huh. you, of what made you tick, what made uh, Tony tick. Like it was, it was a unit right. that, like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not hearing songs that are supposed to make me, like, like grin and nod my head and go, oh, what a dreamboat, you know? Like all of a sudden, like I'm thinking, like, wow, these songs. Right. Or I mean, they were they were, they were yeah. provoking, you know, and yeah. you know the title track, like I said, was fucking. It's probably my favorite song. Um, but then, like, mm-hmm. I also love the fact oh. that like something like Seducer, you know, to me was that you was know, cool song you know, too. like I love that. It, it, like, if you didn't pay attention to the lyrics, okay, and here's my note for this one: it says it's super melodic, and mm-hmm. if I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. I would have thought it was a fun, catchy song, but this one seems to be, again, dark and touching on addiction. Now, was that from someone, yeah, was that from just, a perspective of someone you knew, or was that just something, again, that you were no, observing? No, it was, it was this movie, it was this movie that we saw, um, gosh, Tony knows the, the name of the movie, it was some, something, something that had to do with, you know, kids that were on the streets, mm-hmm. and I saw the movie, and it impacted me so much, that I was like, oh, I gotta write about this, I have to, and, um, but, oh my gosh, if you like if you like Blackbird and Seducer, the song that I'm trying to get out right now, um, Resurrection, that song is so freaking, I'm so proud of that song. I mean, it is, it is probably my, my favorite um, song that we, we never released. And um, was this the one that was written or that was around the same that was written in the same sessions or whatever, or not long after? It was. And a stupid record company would not let me release it. And I'm like, why? The song is so freaking kick ass. And it does have more of that, like, uh, plant Jimmy Page vocal mimicry Mm -hmm. um, on there. It's so cool. The song is intense. It's so cool. I, I, I mean, it's so cool that I feel like I didn't write it. See, so it's so it's, it's so cool to hear you actually confirm this because you know, like I said, like one one you know, I, you know, b- being a music dork kid, you know, I was a typical pimple face, uh-huh. bad hair kid in you know jean jacket with his two friends in high school. Was that we prided ourselves on like trying to know everything and anything we could about a band, and I remember mm-hmm. hearing this rumor, and I don't even remember where I heard it, but. It was like, oh, Soraya was supposed to have like this kind of like a, like a, it was supposed to be like a grunge song. And of course it wasn't like, you know, yeah, at the time you're thinking grunge, you know, like, oh my God, this is like, what, that's going to be like Alice in Chains well, it was or something? definitely in that, yeah, it was, it was definitely in that vein. And I remember after, you know, Nirvana came out, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you idiot, <laughs> fucked up. 
because it was it was kind of it was kind of like so edgy, like along those lines, you know. Right. And um, and I just couldn't, you know, I'll never forget stupid. What was his name? Dick Wingate or someone at Polygram was just like, you know, we're not going to release that. That doesn't sound like any of the others. I'm like, so what? Mm-hmm. I mean, so what? The song is wicked. It's so cool. And um, and I was so excited. It was the most excited I'd ever been about a song that I'd written, like, in a long time. I was like, please release this song. This this song needs to get out there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, it's not you. It's not you. I want to see if I have the tape here. Just so you can hear a little bit of it. Because it's so cool. freaking love this song. Yeah, it is. Hold on. Oh, I love that you're sharing this with me. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it is. All right. You, I freaking love this song. And now I have to do this vocal next week. And when was it demoed? When like, was it demoed? Or this was demoed. Freaking! I don't even know how many years ago. Oh my god! That that was fucking. I love. <laughs> but <laughs> I love this fucking song. You have no idea how much I love this. So song. <laughs> it would not have been any effort to add to make to have that song in its album no. because to me no. that song would have. I, I'm. I, well, first off, it's a badass tune, and I love Is it. That, it's, so good but it reminds I mean, me again I mean, kind of like what you said it reminds me of that you know of you know that cross between of you know when the blackbird sings and seducer and, yeah mm-hmm. it's got that it's got that kind of dark you know element to it but it's got that zeppelin like it does the, it definitely definitely does we were just having fun because we were just like i we were listening to a lot of zeppelin back then and you know, I was just like, wow, this this would be fun to do this. And then that song, I swear, literally just like spilled from my hands. And my, I was just like, wow. And um, the lyrics in this song are, I just love it. One of the lyrics is, you know, black roses are your flower, love that you devour. Um, uh, this is one of the best freaking songs. Uh, it's so much energy and it just needs to get out there. And so... Um, a few months ago, um, I found the tape and I, the demo and I was like, you know, I got to freaking play this for Tony. And then Tony was like, Oh my God. You know, He's like, we got to put it out there. And so that's what we've been trying to do. So are, are, um, are, would you, would it be with the original members or is it good? Would it just, would it be some new musicians we, kind of filling in? I would love to do it with the original members. Um, I know Barry Dunaway would would love to do uh, the thing. So Barry was great. Um, what a what a player. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he is amazing, amazing, amazing guy too. Amazing person. And Chuck was such a monster um, drummer too. <laughs> like that guy was a beast, man. I just love hearing him play. He, I, I, he is the one on stage I connected to the most. I mean, everything I did on stage, as far as you know. Uh, being up there was tied to everything he did. And um, I, I fed more off at him than, than Tony. Um, I, I just, I, I love Chuck's playing, but if it has to go downward, just me and Tony and we just put this track together and, and put it out there just to see what happens, just to like put it out there for nostalgic reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to put it out there. So, when you put the song out, it adds to the mystique about like, oh my God, you know, I haven't heard anything from Saray in 20 years. You'll be the first one I, I take it to then once it's stupidly done. I just, I have to get my rear end over to LA in that studio. I think I'm going next week, but I have to like do all these vocal exercises. I think my voice is shot from yelling at my dog. I swear, because that one beagle is killing me. She's just, you know, every day, shut up! I mean, at the top of my lungs. My freaking neighbor is about to freaking shoot the dog itself. Oh, my God. Go ahead. I am determined to get that track out there. And I'm determined to, like, um, I don't want to tour on it, but I just, I want to, I want to be able to do some live gigs, you know, and be able to do that song as well, so... But it would also be kind um, of like a little redeeming at the same time too to also be able to 
put out a song that was basically you know stonewalled you know, at, at, at one I point know. where they were like no you can't do this and now you're like fuck it i can do whatever i want <laughs> you know like no one's telling me what yeah. to do now you know and so i know you know yep. closing out the album was that we had mm-hmm. in the shade of the sun white highway and yeah. new world mm-hmm. and my note for White Highway, it says, while seducer Uh seems to address addiction from an observant perspective, White Highway seems to do the same, but this one feels somewhat personal, like a plea to someone to help themselves. Yeah, and it totally, I mean, yeah, totally. It was, um, you know, one of my closest friends is, you know, you could see he was having trouble with it, and I was just like, you know, stop, stop it, you know. Um, I never got into the drug scene. I don't even freaking like taking aspirin or cough medicine. I don't like putting anything in my body that, you know, I know my body could heal itself, you know? And mm-hmm. Well, so White Highway, was it, was from yeah, it was your a perspective? Yeah, a very close friend of mine who oh. was just using too much Coke, and it was just like, come on already, stop. You're going to... You have no control over it anymore. You got to stop. Did uh, Did they survive? Yeah. Um. Yeah, they did. They See, did. and to me, that's that that's that makes it even cooler because yeah, when you when you have a song like that, and mm-hmm. it's basically a plea, if someone actually kind of sees that and takes that for you know for what it is, then it's like you've done something <laughs> really powerful with music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. I mean, because it, like I said, like it, it was, it was this, this incredible song and you know, my father, before he passed away, you know, he passed away about eight years ago, um, for like the mm-hmm. last decade of his life, he, um, he had had a really bad back injury and he became addicted to, um, opioids and, um, oh, yeah. and basically because of that and his mental health degrading, he, he uh-huh. just, he was just like, you know, a shell, you know? And so when I heard uh-huh. White Highway, like the first time I heard it, it made me cry because it made me think of that person, you know, and that's a powerful thing for a song to do. How does that make you feel hearing that from someone like me to tell you that there was a song out there that moved them that much like that? I, you know, it, it's it's weird because when you're when you're writing a song, you really don't, I, I, at least me. I I never think, you know, well, how how would someone else interpret the song? It's really just your heart on paper. It's just like, um, I guess, you know, and, the, and those, those are the things, those heartfelt things, those are the things that move people, you know, the most. And um, so, yeah, I, I get it how, how um, it would impact other people. But really, from my perspective, it's just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just getting out all these, like these, these things I'm feeling that like I don't want inside anymore because it, it, it burdens you, you know, to hold that stuff in. Yeah. It's yeah. so, it's so cathartic. The songwriting is, is just so cathartic. Um, and I, um, you know, I, it's something I, I, I do for selfish reasons. You know, it's, it's, um, it's nothing where I go, Oh, let me write a song. So, you know, so people would think it was like, you know, cool or the, you know, or they would think that, you know, I was this for writing it or some magnanimous person for writing. It. I just, it's, right. it's just feelings. It's just what you feel. That's all. You know, any of us who are writers or musicians or whatever, we do it for selfish mm-hmm. reasons. And it's not that it's not a bad thing, yeah. but like, it's like, that's, that is our coping mechanisms is to write it and is. to perform and to, it is play music and if someone else can latch onto it then that's all the that's a that's a bonus but at the end of the yeah. day like anything that i do musically or art you know artistically to you know my output is for for me to clear out whatever it is that's 
affecting me or, you know, emotions that are whatever, you know, and uh-huh. so if someone else can grasp onto it. That's great. But at the end of the day, we're doing it for us to keep our sanity. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. These these days, kids, I don't I don't know if they approach music the same way like we old timers did. It's just like more about sound and it's just different, isn't it? The way music is today. And I remember I had a metal band in. 1989 from night from I'd say uh-huh. from like 90 to 94 and I remember right. in like 93 or 92 we were so excited because a band that rehe- we used to rehearse in a storage shed and there was like a bunch of storage wow. sheds that bands rehearsed in and there was a band down the way from us who the guitar player had a four track recorder but only one uh-huh. track worked and we were fucking stoked. And so we hooked up that four track recorder and we plugged one uh-huh. microphone in and we threw the microphone, you know, over like this rafter, you know, that was in the ceiling. So it would hang down. And I just remember right. we hit record and we blasted through like the same four songs over and over again. And then I took uh-huh. the tape out. And then he let me borrow it. I took it home and I hooked it to my stereo and I got all. And I mean, I just remember thinking like, dude, we are the shit. Like we have a tape. And now like, you know, like you've got like, and this is of course like when I'm like 20, you know, now you've got like 17 year old kids who are, you know, putting out top notch records that they've just made at home sitting at a, you know, I know. And I mean, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. Like I do that now too, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you, you know, like it doesn't go above me, you know, because now I'm just like, like I still right, do right. it. I go, this is fucking incredible. But to think that there's a whole generation of young people who are like, what do you mean you had one track on a cassette player and you had one microphone and like, they're like, how did that work? And I was like, not I very know. great, but it was fun. And it got us gigs. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what we had to do. Tony, not too long ago, was like trying to teach me how to go on some stupid app for something. And I was like, dude, I can't. You got to get your ass out of here because I, I don't know what the f- you're talking about, okay? And he was just, oh, man. He's like, I could do it for you. If I'm, I'm like, no, I, I'm not doing this. You got to come out here and do this. I can't do this. That's amazing. You know? Oh, my God. Oh, God. I, I hope I answered some of your questions. I know, um, you know, I'm really not a, a good interviewee, you know, because I just, you know, like I said, I just, I just talk to you like I'm talking to, you know, someone at my kitchen table. And I'll let you know when I'm done with um, actually recording the track and uh, letting you know when the thing will come out. So, um, yeah, just let me know. Keep in touch with me. Sandy, this has been so much fun and I'm so glad we got to talk and like celebrate yeah. 30 years of when the blackbird sings and to hear all about everything else. Like, I don't know, like I, 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 I really loved talking to you and this was, this was just, it, I love talking to you too. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for doing this and good luck with the new recording and the song. And we can't, I can't wait to hear it and you know, I'll make sure everyone hears it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much for even giving a shit. I mean, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Sandy. Well, have a good All good right, one. Tell you, give your my best to your family. I will. I will. And you say hi to your wife for me. I sure will. 